Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 1420, the Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Killer. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, you were super smooth with that you know, new intro. I told you I had it loaded. You just loaded what right I, what I What I couldn't decide on whether or not to load was that that reintroducing you as my good friend because you, you did lose... <laughs> that spot i got demoted so i think i think i'm okay with the good friend we'll try out another way next week but all right well yeah no i'm good uh it's been kind of a it's been kind of a weird week i've just had uh, a crazy amount of of work 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 um and that's always that's always sort of when, when i know i have watch stuff that's sort of that i want to be doing mm-hmm. but i'm like i really actually just can't do watch stuff right now because my bar license is very much on the line. <laughs> yeah, well, that's important. Yeah. Uh, how are you? Uh, you know, worn out as as to be expected. Uh, coming on the into the end of my weekend, I did get a a new watch in uh, over. Oh yeah, you over did. the weekend. I got I got my Sarb in, yeah, and like most people, I did have the have the bracelet um, fiddle fucking back and forth trying to get it right. And I just couldn't get it quite right, which is perfectly okay because I have it on a uh, Barton Silicone Elite, and I like it way more better on that anyway yeah it looks it looks great on that uh and, and you know what it 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 actually has uh, a ton of versatility you, you may have to to put it on a couple different mm-hmm. I, I actually really like the sarb on a black nato on, I, yep. on a black seatbelt nato yep and i have a uh I have a brown leather for it and it's i mean it is a a veritable strap monster as you know something that that i don't particularly like to say because i think that all watches are strap monster if you apply enough effort, but it's a watch that looks good on on damn near anything you put it on. I mean, I, except for that Royal Oak that I had, you know, I just couldn't put any straps on it. Yeah, it's you know, it's that's why I had to get rid of it. Yeah, just and you just gave it away. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> what it did cause me to do though is I started researching injection molding techniques to make curved end rubber straps for the sarb and when you say that you it sounds like you're joking but i know a hundred percent that you spent at least four and a half hours i stopped playing call of duty today to research <laughs> like the the feasibility of of starting this project in my bathroom so or how your much garage. How, how much is the startup on an injection molding machine that you can inject fkm rubber i'm gonna need to become a lawyer also okay <laughs> yeah okay all right. Well, I mean, maybe we get some seed money or something. Yeah, that's yeah. how we'll get it. Is I yeah yeah okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, good. I'm excited about your new watch. I'm excited too. I love it. I mean, we knew we'd love it. This is like I don't know. It, it feels weird calling it a new watch because it's it's new. I opened it and took the plastic off, or most of the plastic off of it. Uh, right. Well, no, it's sitting on the table, and I was thinking, I don't remember leaving my Sarb in the in the studio, but. Yeah. No, man, it's a, it's a watch we know, we love. It'd be right. it'd be like getting an SKX. Like, oh, cool, you got an SKX. <laughs> well, well, good, well, good. We do have a guest on the line, and yes. I'd like to bring him in Let's because uh, yeah. he's just been super patient. He's super patient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have on the line today the uh, the owner, the owner of of a very cool watch company, Astro and Banks. This is a watch company that's sort of new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of new to me, at least into my consciousness. Uh, I had, I had certainly heard of Astro and Banks and, you know, I think that they have made o- over the years, a few wind up runs, legendary wind up runs. Um, and then I recently saw Andrew on an IG live with our good friend, Jonathan Ferrer of Brew Watches. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. He seems cool <laughs> as shit. So Andrew, you're here. Andrew Perez of Astro and Banks. How are you doing, man? I'm well. How are you guys? 
I mean, you heard all about it. We're so excited to have you here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, hey, I'm uh, very excited to be not only doing my first podcast, but uh, being able to talk with you fine gentlemen. So thanks for having me on. And that's a little yeah. cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Indeed. Look at the diversity here. Wait, there is some there is some diversity of, of beverage. We got yeah. White Claw, red wine, and and, and, and people. And, and people. Oh yeah, and, and a diversity <laughs> of people as well. That's true. That's true. That does not always happen for us, uh, and for us. <laughs> um so yeah. We uh I think that you and I got acquainted by uh Justin Crodo, the owner yep. of Monta. He said after we wrapped after we wrapped a recording with Justin, he sort of had reached out and said, anybody in the anybody in the watch world do you guys want to get a hold of? Because uh, I have some connections and I might be able to hook you up. And I say, you know, I got to meet I got to meet Andrew Perez of Astro and Banks. He just seems, <laughs> you, you know, when we had Jonathan Ferrer on our show a- after we stopped recording, we we're both like, that guy's so cool. He's so much cooler yeah. than <laughs> either of us. Maybe both of us combined. <laughs> And I just want to be friends with him. Yeah. I just like him, you know. And I sort of had that same reaction when I saw you on your IG live with with Jonathan. You just seem like oh, someone I, I wanted to get to know. So, uh, thanks. I think Justin sort of sent he a text texting message. while we were talking. Right? Yeah. He's like, no, no, worry, I got it. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, yeah. Andrew Everett, text, Everett, yeah. Andrew, and so and so. What I think, like four days later, I had two Sea Rangers in hand. In yeah. hand, yeah. Oof. yeah. And we're pretty pumped about around. the Sea Rangers. Good, good. Yeah, Justin's great. Um, and I mean, obviously, you guys know what those guys are doing. I met uh, Mike Demartini at the first windup, and then we went to. Um, we were in Switzerland together for like a trade show there, um, and then Justin got involved a little bit later. And he, obviously, he does all the live IG, so. Um, I chatted with I chat with him all the time, and it's, they're so close to us. And they're in St. Louis, we're in Chicago. And I've been there; they've been here, so it's been pretty cool. And yeah, Jonathan met him at the first wind up too. And yeah, like everyone else in the industry and anyone who knows him, it's like the nicest guy in the world. So, and it's very true. I mean, super humble. Um, I've met a lot of watch owners, and I can't really say the same about a lot. Of some of them. Um, but I've met some really, really good ones. Um, and he's one of the, one of the really nice ones that I've met and not just from like, he's a nice guy, but, um, just, you know, if I have questions about anything in watch related, whether it's manufacturing or whatever, he's, he's, uh, or even design wise, he's always open to help me out. I did, uh, my first Kickstarter with, um, the last year and, uh, he had done some before. I mean, I sent him a message and jumped on a call with him just to kind of help me, me with like his experience, give me his feedback out when he did it. So um, he's, he's great. And uh, he's like been a friend's genuine, good human being vibes. Just a, just a nice guy. Right. Yeah. Like, nice, like and obviously very talented, but very nice guy. Yeah. Just, a, just a, one of those dudes you're like, you know, that guy is a good dude. <laughs> that's right. So that, that's how I feel about him. And, uh, but anyway, a lot of really nice guys. Uh, in our industry and luckily i've been able to become friends with uh, many of them so you you know i think that there's a uh there's sort of a a group right now of micro brand owners that seem really just copacetic not that there's any sort of alliance although i think there are some informal alliances uh yeah. sort of uh big brother there, style. there is 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there seems to be a group of folks, uh, the cream uh, rising, where you can see, you know, they're making... Uh, uh, they're making good business decisions. They're making good people decisions. They're and more importantly, they're making good watch decisions. Maybe not more importantly, but but as, as important, yeah. yeah, they're making good watch decisions. So yeah, uh, you, you know, we've I think we've had the really good fortune to be in touch with a lot of those folks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been really yeah, cool. You know, sure. we're just a couple of guys, right? We don't we didn't even know anything about watches when we started. No, we, we still don't. Right? I mean, if, if we're being real here. <laughs> You know, we're just two dudes who can like drink beer and mostly talk about topics. <laughs> we just, I mean, know. that that's all you need, though, right? You, you need to be able to talk about stuff, and then eventually you get into the stuff you like to talk about, and then it goes from there. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, it was either this or cribbage, and we felt like the the cribbage, <laughs> uh, the cribbage community is aging, and so yeah. you know, this was a little bit more. We weren't gonna uh, be able to ignite a revolution of cribbage. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, this was a more youthful dynamic. So. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I love to see I this agree. the the collaboration and and the partnership between watch brands. And we did an episode, uh, ooh gosh, a, a year ago. We did it right around. It had to have been really one of our really early episodes. We did the state of the watch union. Oh yeah, and I think we're getting pretty close to needing to revisit that because during that episode, we we were talking about the American watch market is ripe to be taken. And we've seen it over the last year of, like, of brands coming into their own and of working together and of reclaiming this corner of the American watch market. And I really love it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that there's probably been things that have happened in the American watch market since then that are sort of uh, more inside baseball things, mm-hmm. too. You know, uh, yeah. Cameron Weiss is still sort of doing his thing and and pushing and pushing the boundaries uh in LA I mean there's things yeah. happening that are that are maybe not super obvious too so yeah that would be a good that would be a good show to revisit at some point yeah that's um I like that kind of stuff I've always paid attention and always have even with like Cameron Weiss like I've never met him um it's kind of interesting because I, I love what he's doing you know and but he's he's just not like in this uh I don't know wind up watch world kind of thing so i i've never got to meet him and i but i feel like he's just kind of doing his own thing and he's doing some cool stuff with um you know i think he does he's always like on chrono caliber or something like that yeah doing like on their podcast or something and um and anyway but yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of guys actually who are doing some sort of manufacturing whether it's just like cases like they're just trying to make a case or they're trying to make um you know the bridges or something like that on the movement and they're just kind of there and I just kind of find them every once in a while, but they're not really like, and um, they're not really trying to like push to get into like the, the little watch world that I live in mm-hmm. <laughs> with all the yeah. other like smaller brands. But, you know, there's people out there doing some really cool stuff. They're just not, not really putting themselves out too much. Um, so I'm really excited about what, you know, people are doing and um, definitely way more than I, I could do. But um it's really cool to see these guys making cases and trying different finishing on the cases and stuff like that. And, uh, like that, uh, I can't, I met him at wind up, but Pelton, you oh, know, yeah, of, sure. uh, Detroit or whatever. Like, I mean, the finishing on his stuff is really, really nice. And he's a nice guy. And, um, you know, he's making custom microphones before. <laughs> so it's just kind of like crazy. And he's like, Oh, I'll try to make a watch case and a dial and, and like just made it. Cause he could, he knows how to use a machine, you know, CNC machine. And sure. 
Uh, but it's just really, really cool. You know, it's neat yeah. to see. Uh, it's neat to see the different things that get emphasized by different companies, right? Like Pelton. Yeah, yeah. Pelton is really dial forward. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. a lot of companies are, are case forward. Certain companies are, are bracelet forward. You know, Pelton's like, we're gonna make we're gonna make a watch where the dial is a piece of art. Uh, yeah. Y- you know, in and of itself, and that alone is gonna intrigue people about the watch. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, do you know the, do you know Chris and Danny from Vera watches out of Portland? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And those guys too. I mean, <laughs> you know, th- th- I met those guys at, um, at wind up, but then I also met him at a different, uh, it was like, um, some convention and that actually was here in Illinois, but, um, yeah, I met those guys and like from when they first started, when they came out with their first watch to like what the stuff that they can do now is crazy. And that short amount of that short amount of time is insane. So like whoever, I can't remember who the actual like CNC machine guy is, but he's fucking really good. Yeah. I think, and um, I think Danny's mm -hmm. the, the the guy doing most of the work, you know, we, we went up to their, we went up to their factory because they're just, they're just up the road. (laughs) Their shop. Yeah. yeah. Their shop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you know, and they, I mean, they were, first of all, they were just excellent hosts uh, and they showed us everything and it was like, this is how you you know they they were showing us sort of prototypes. At, you know they yeah. prototype a watch. You, you know most companies prototype a watch, and it's multiple emails. You know, yeah. uh, language yeah. barriers. Uh, you, you know, you get something, and it maybe is what you wanted, maybe isn't. You, you have it for a little bit, you send it back. Five weeks later, you they want a prototype, and they just plug it into the make machine it. and they make it, and it's, they wear it that afternoon. It's crazy. It's totally it. fun yeah. and awesome. Super jealous. I'm super jealous about that for sure. Um, yeah, those guys. Those guys do some really cool stuff, and they're helping. Um, you know, I guess I'm sure you guys have heard of Barrel Hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, yeah. We we got to see yeah, some mean, of the Barrel Hand. We got to see some yeah, of the Barrel Hand like, work. You know, they're doing that, which is really cool. And I mean, that Barrel Hand guy is like 12 years old. I mean, he's not, but he's like really young. You know, mm-hmm. he's still, I think he just graduated college. And, um, obviously has a really mechanical mind but um amazing stuff but yeah i know that they were helping him with that which is really cool yeah you, you know his story is crazy right yeah he i think he basically like reverse engineered a your work or work yeah yeah and then work yeah and then they heard about him and they invited him out like in what yeah. has to be the sweetest most generous cease and demand ever <laughs> they yeah. invite him out, yeah. show him around, introduce him to everybody, and then they're like, "So please also now make your own shit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't resell our stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the fact that he was able to do it is insane. Insane, totally insane. I mean, at least insane in the U.S., right? Like, I'm sure there's a ton of people in Switzerland and Germany that can probably do that stuff, but not not in the and in Asia for that matter. But not in the U.S. So, I mean, when he did that, I was like, this gets crazy. But this is fucking awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. I think that his watches are sort of uh, a- approaching a finished package. I think that he's going to be selling something this maybe this year. Yeah, he is. He's already taking orders. He's doing 30 pieces. Um, I believe they're 30K a, yeah. a pop. And, Seems right. Um, yeah. And he's going to have, at least from what I've been following, the fir- like the finished you know, product that he's going to be able to show um, in like two weeks or something like that. So really soon. And then I believe delivery is like in the fall or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. I mean, it's so cool. It's 
crazy what these oh, we'll, guys can do. We'll but. have to try to we'll have to try to get get eyes on hands on with those one of these. Oh, we saw some of the out. prototypes. They were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, it was actually pretty yeah. neat. We I was like, is this barrel hand shit? Like we were just walking through yeah. their finishing area, and I was like, this looks like barrel hand shit. Like, they were like, stop oh, taking yeah. pictures. Stop taking pictures. Yeah, Quit they, it. Did, <laughs> they did tell us we couldn't take pictures of it, uh, but yeah. they were really open. So, well, well. Andrew, it would be a shame. Uh, it would be a shame to bring you on and then only talk about other brands because word, yeah, on, yeah. The, word <laughs> on the street is you have a watch brand, uh, do, yes. a very fantastic watch brand. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about Astor and Banks. So sure. So maybe uh, is a, is a reasonable place to start. Two thousand two. Twelve. Well, so 2012 oh, yes, is start, yes, yes, but I think yeah, the yeah, story yeah. maybe goes back further. <laughs> it does, yeah. 2002 was when I, I bought my first watch myself, and um, and that's kind of that's what started everything. So um, before that, I wanted to watch in high school, but my parents were like, no, we're not buying you a watch. Uh, <laughs> it's too much money. And um, and but my first recollection, recollection and memory, and that's still engraved in my head of a watch, is my dad's Timex Indiglo. He wore it every day, and I, at that time, I was like, when he pressed the button or the crown, and it lit up the whole dial, I was like, "Whoa, that's really cool!" Um, so that that was my first like, I noticed the watch, and I really wanted wanted one, and I really liked it. And then in 2002 is when I was able to buy my first watch, um, and then that started everything. And then from there, just like people get into any hobby you if you're interested in it you start learning more you get more curious and you just go down the rabbit hole and the next thing you know you're here and uh, <laughs> I, mean, <for> me, <laughs> I mean there's you know a lot in between but for me that's that's kind of that's kind of how it started um and i just uh in like probably 2010 i i wanted to make some watches and buy parts and put them together. And that's kind of when I started doing that. And it was not with the intention of like, um, I want to make this like watch brand and all this other stuff. I just, I don't know. I just wanted to do it. And I was like, how hard can it, you know, not how hard can it be, but like, no, how hard uh, can it be? That's the right attitude. That's our thing. Yeah. Okay. How hard can it be? <laughs> sure. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely hard, but, um, and so anyway, I, I'd made a couple and I had a, I became friends with a watchmaker that was working at uh, Torno that's close to, uh, to my house. And anyway, he kind of taught me, you know, I gave him kind of like my first watch that I assembled and stuff and tried to like regulate. And he just like, Oh, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you? I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, the watch is keeping time. And it's like, cool. And, and he's like, yeah, it's all this stuff I missed, you know? And so you can only learn so much, but anyway, he helped me out a lot. And then, um, and then in about 2012 in the fall is when I first, or like that summer, I kind of like, I was like, oh, maybe I want to like start this and like make it something. And, um, and that's when I started doing my first watches, which were all hand wound. Um, and they were basically kind of a good dress watch, silver dial, blued markers, blued hands. And then I started kind of like offering some customization to it. So you can choose like this case or this case, or you can choose this dial or this dial, these hands, this crown this strap. So it was like a semi-customized experience, but using really high quality materials. And, um, and it was not cheap, you know, especially at that time, it was anywhere from a thousand to $2,000 depending on what you picked. 
Um, and you started but, with uh, with what a sixty four ninety seven. Sixty four ninety seven. Yep. I bet the supply yeah. chain on that was a nightmare for you to deal with. For basically every watch is one of a kind. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, yes. And then in the beginning, I, I found some uh, some parts that I was able to use. But then when I wanted to do my, you know more like my design um, or hundred percent that, it was harder not harder it was way more expensive mm-hmm. um so i and, and i did end up doing that but um and i used that for a while and then um it wasn't until about probably two years later 2014 i did a chronograph and it was my it's a quartz chrono and i use a uh, the way i came up with that one was well i wanted to do a mechanical one, but it was just way too fucking expensive and back in 2013 ish especially um, there were there weren't as many options as there is now, like with Salida and stuff like that. Um, and it a was Eta like, or Japanese, right? <laughs> fourteen not mil- even Japanese, fourteen millimeters, I, mean, I think, or what, twelve millimeters on on the movement. Really thick, yeah. yeah. Uh, but actually, there was no. Uh, you have to go either Seagull with Chinese, or you'd go with like a at a seventy seven fifty. Um, and if you want to get even more expensive, then you can go with like you know Dubois de and, and stuff like that. But um, but then you have a ten thousand uh, ten thousand dollars. But then it's super expensive, right? Yeah. And so anyway, I so, said you know what I had uh, one of the watches that I owned that I really enjoyed was a uh, I had a Tag Heuer Aqua Racer with a blue dial and um, it was a chronograph and it had a big double date window. So one day I was changing the battery up and I was like, oh, what kind of movement is this? Like obviously. And I saw what it was, and that's what I put in my watch. <laughs> and that's uh, a Ronda, that, a Ronda movement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ronda fifty fifty is what I use, and I put my double jet window at the six o'clock. Um, and uh, and that watch was the first watch that Warren and Wound. That's when Warren and Wound started about that time. And so I met up with Zach actually in New York and showed him the watches, and um, because they were like very Flieger style, and he was he's into that kind of design, and he really liked it. Um, they did, they were the first ones to like do in the watch world, at least, um, some press on, on, on me. And, um, and so a lot of people were introduced to me that way as like a quartz watch, you know, not like the hand wound super old school, you know, mechanical stuff. And so I think some people <laughs> in the beginning, um, didn't really think I was a watch guy because I, they were introduced to me because, you know, I mean, you guys know watch guys are snobs about quartz watches. A lot, sure. a lot of them are not everybody, sure. but, um, and, uh, anyway, so that kind of, um, you know, and there were some other, other brands, uh, kind of talking shit that I've heard from other people and stuff. And I was like, what? I'm like, like I do, I do way more than a lot of you guys do, like from a, from an assembly standpoint and stuff like that. And, uh, but anyway, that's another story for another time. <laughs> uh, and anyway, uh, so anyway, that's how people were introduced to me. And um, during that time, and that, that watch did really well. Um, not that's only, a legit like, watch into the market. I mean, so, to be clear here, that's a legit starting like, hey, this is me. This is the watch that I want everyone to see. And then yeah. everyone gets to see. That's a legit starting point. Well, especially yeah, with will... a background in, in assembling, yeah. in yeah. assembling mechanical mechanical hand wound mechanical pieces too and you know at that time like in 2012 like i mean i wasn't crazy into the forums like some of these other guys were um, that got their start in the forums um and i wasn't like you know i I just was doing it you know i wasn't really paying attention to uh, other stuff so um 
for me, it was like, oh, like not that many people are actually doing this, like assembling. You know, in 2013, Shinola came out, mm-hmm. uh, officially came out, and then they be, kind of became like, and they're using Ronda movements, and like they kind of became um, first to market as this like made in America type thing, even though they got you know screwed for that. But um, well, yeah, a little but, slap, <clears throat> a, little, a little slap. But um, I actually went to their factory because I was. One, I thought it was awesome that they were doing all that stuff. But then right. I was also curious. I'm like, well, I know, like, I can't get this made here. I can't get this made here. So where are these guys getting? And I went to the factory. Like, I just went as a person. They didn't, they didn't know who I was. But, um, and I asked, like, one of the guys that was walking us around. And I was like, hey, where do you guys, like, off top, off the side, not, like, trying to blast them. But I was like, wh- wh- where do you guys make your cases? And he was, like, super hesitant to answer me. And um, he's like, oh, like right now we get them in Asia because we're still trying to figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. What, you know, whatever. And, you know, like I wasn't like going to be a dick about it, but I was like, oh, I'm like, but man, your marketing is like not that. <laughs> it's like so not that. Yeah. Like there's a dude over a, over a grinding wheel in Detroit making this. Thing. I mean, they maybe they were doing yeah. some of the final polishing. Yeah. No. That watch brand that was uh, that watch brand was one of the first brands that kind of started me down my rabbit hole journey. Yeah. I don't even know what uh, like what drew me to them. I don't remember where I found them, but I saw them. And I was like, their marketing. Oh, yeah, their marketing was amazing. Oh, it was their killer. Story yeah. was amazing. Um, and I I give them a little shit for that, not a lot, but for the most part, for me with them, even now they do a lot more than a lot of micro brands do. So like I can't you can't really talk that much shit about them. You may not like their price point and stuff, but like all the stuff that they do actually in house, it's a lot more than most micro brands do. So I, you know, I got to give them credit for that. But, um, and one thing that was kind of weird is that they took, um, a picture from my Instagram and they posted it on their Instagram, um, and gave me a shout out. I was like, you know, shout out to Aster and Banks in Chicago for making some beautiful, you know, watches and Chinola did this. I was like, what the fuck? It was so weird. I started getting all these followers and like um, getting orders in. And I'm like, what the hell? What happened? And like, then I saw that they tagged me. I was like, this is weird. So, which was kind of cool and nice, but I don't know why they did it, but um, they, they did it and it was pretty cool. But, uh, but you, I thought it was interesting. It's like Ford saying, hey, Chevy, nice fucking car. You know, like right. I'm going to post it on my Instagram. <laughs> Not that I'm comparing myself to that, but just kind of like this from a brand standpoint. It's like, right. I thought it was weird. You know, there's so many things that have to fall in place, right, to to get to that level, right? To get to a level where you're uh, in the conversation, there's just things that have to happen along the way. And that's one of those, like, I don't know why this happened, but it's probably cool that yeah. it's cool that it did, you know? Have, have you gotten any resolution yeah. as to why it happened or ever talked to any of them there? And it's just like, it's a thing that happened and it's just still a mystery. It's still a mystery, and like I'm, I don't know even know that picture stuff because it was like literally, I think it was in like 2014 or 15 when they did that, and um, I, I did have a friend who did PR for, I think it was Shinola, and I, I wanted to ask her, but I just I never did, and mm-hmm. she doesn't work there anymore. But um, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least, but uh, that was that was kind of cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. And then after that, I, I started doing a couple more mechanical stuff, went back to, um, using the 6497 and in I the did like the pilomatic and, uh, yeah. So the, before the pilomatic, I had, um, 
the AB fourteen oh five. Oh sure, is, sure. Um, that one is hand wound, and that one was semi customizable too. So it's uh, you can pick you know different color dial, black, blue. It had the white sub dial, so I was doing a white sub dial back then. Um, I had a sandwich dial as well, and then um, yeah, open case back with the sixty four ninety seven Geneva straps, boot screws. Um, you can pick like an onion crown, a poly style crown, like different color stuff. Second hand, it was pretty cool. Um, so I did that uh, for a little bit, and then the Pilomatic I did after that, and that was using the same case except for a couple parts had to change because they went from uh, hand wound to automatic, where I was using the Etta twenty eight twenty four, um, and I did a uh, hundred of those, uh, fifty in blue and fifty in black. Um, kind of like a mini version of a big pilot, which is one of my favorite watches. And, yeah. um, and anyway, so that's, and then after that, then I started the C Ranger and that, that took a while. That took like two years, um, probably longer than it should have, but it took about two years to get it to where it was. And, um, part of it was like the case and the, the bracelet and stuff like that. But, um, overall, uh, that's that's where I'm at, and then now I'm here talking to you guys. So and and here you are. No, uh, the Sea Ranger that was sort of like a wind up darling, right? I think 2017. Uh, yeah, is is that right? You know, sort of 2018. 2018 no, wind up. It was one of the two of those, right? But it sort yeah. of like hits the ground, and instantly it's like this is the coolest watch that you can possibly <laughs> buy right now. Um, I know that yeah, it you, was last year. Sorry. Yeah. Last year. Was it just last year? Yeah. Springtime. Yeah. I, I know that you had been making watches at that point for, you know, seven, eight years, right? Pretty seriously. Uh, yeah. was there, was there sort of an inflection point? Was that, was there a moment when you realized like, this is, this is becoming something pretty cool and maybe different? It was definitely with the Sea Ranger. And I mean, if you look at the Sea Ranger and you look at the other watches that I've done, uh, it's it's not like in the same DNA design uh, profile. Um, and I've never done, and like, I don't call it a dive watch, but it, you know, it could, could be a dive watch. And um, I've never done a dive dive style watch before. And so when I did this one, I wasn't sure what people were going to think. I didn't know if people were going to be like, oh, this looks like, you know, every other dive watch or, you know, or whatever. And um, so I was, I was a little, when I saw the white dial, um, I was like, this is, this came out awesome. Yeah, like, it looks so good. With the gray, I'm like, this is really cool. I hope this works out. And I'm really good friends with Jason from Helios. And I, you know, we go back and forth. We talk on WhatsApp and, um, I was like, Hey, I got my prototypes in and he's like, you know, let me see it. And, um, we'll show each other. Like he'll show me, show me yours and I'll show mm-hmm. you mine kind right, of thing. Right. Um, and he was like, and he, uh, he's honest. So he'll tell me like, Oh, maybe I don't like this or whatever. So, but he was like, Oh man, he's like, dude, you fucking killed it. And I was like, all right, that sounds good. <laughs> like, right. If, yeah. if Jason thinks like, Hey, this is really good. Then it gave me a little bit more confidence about it. Um, but I was a little bit worried about it because it's not, like I said, typically what I'm uh, designing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it it definitely um, surprised me, and the people really liked it. So, um, and but that was definitely the Sea Ranger was probably gave me that like, oh, okay, this this is still going, and this is good. <laughs> so, um, 
so yeah yeah definitely it's the sea ranger that did that can we talk about the design process that you went through to get to this magnificent watch like let's so so you you were i'm what i'm imagining is you're sitting right where you are now and you've got a blank sketch pad and you're like all right man dive watch (laughs) let's go yeah i'm like dive watch field watch I like a 12 hour bezel. Hmm. Yeah, like a I'm travel, like, like a travel watch. Someone, someone messaged me today and said, Oh, it's a five watch. And I was thinking like, <laughs> like five goes West, like the mouse. And that's he was, right where my mind goes like, too. He was like, no field, oh. uh, dive travel. You know, you take chunks of those words and I was like, all right, well, that's a little obscure, but, uh, yeah. I like it. Right. Because it really is right. It, it's got elements yeah. of a field watch. You've got that 24 hour, uh indication on the inside you know if you looked at just the dial okay well is this maybe a field watch right 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 and then it's got sort of a dive style build to it but then sort of a you know that that 12 hour travel watch complication so yeah i I don't think it has to be any one of those things yeah and it's one of those things where to me um i want i have always wanted to do a gmt but like Mm -hmm. i hear a lot of stories about uh at a movement with a gmt it's always kind of uh, a little finicky. So I'm like, but a tall hour bezel is like so much easier. It's cheaper to make and it makes all the sense in the world. It's, and it's easy to use. So, um, and the watch is definitely a 70s vibe. And sure. I, uh, I love 70s style watches, um, you know, different colors, um, weird cases, weird hands. Um, and that, so from a design standpoint, that's where my head was, was like, all right, um and this is probably a fault of mine because i don't you know a lot of brands like they their their design identity is really important like oh i i know that if i see this it's it's this brand and um i'm not really like i don't really care (laughs) (laughs) and it's probably bad it's probably bad from the design standpoint but but to me it's like i just want to make what i like at the moment like this is what i like right now and this is what I'm going to try to design and, and work from there. And I think about it this way, like you look at these artists and you look at their early work versus their later work. It's not like the same. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's very different, you know? So I kind of think about this the same, like my next watch that I'm working on right now is similar and it'll have that because I'm trying to put a little bit more uh, thought into that. Um, but, you know, I'm designing another watch that's like nothing like this. So, um, and I kind of like that because it's like, all right, well, it's just where I'm at in my life. I, I don't know wh- what I like at the, at the moment. And, um, and that's kind of how I go from there. But this one, 70s style, that's where my head was. I had a, a bunch of watches that I owned, um, you know, that I really enjoyed. And, and that's kind of where that inspiration came from. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like a, and I listen to music while I do it. That's kind of like the only other thing that's common. Other than that, like, I don't, I don't have this whole crazy process about it. So, so why the asymmetric case versus? Crown it's guys? got like a CWC or marathon is, yeah, thing happening. I love this. So, it's a super totally. subtle asymmetric case. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, truth be told, I wanted it to be a little bit more pronounced. But mm-hmm. when I when I got it, I, I was like, okay, this is. I like I like this. This is great. Um, so the asymmetric case, um, they definitely like the CWC, the Lemania, all Lemania movements that they made um, have that kind of asymmetrical. And I love love that. And um, if I didn't do that, then it basically you're kind of going back to like a 
I don't know, maybe like a, like, like a Submariner case or, mm-hmm. you know, something sure. like more obvious. And, um, and I didn't want to do that, but an asymmetric case from, you know, obviously I didn't invent it, but I love, I have always loved it. And I love that design and, you know, having it, um, built-in crown guards is like yeah. it's genius and i just really really like that look and style of it um so that's kind of why that's why i did that and it, it is from those watches uh that you just mentioned where i got that you know that idea from and you know and no one was at least that i know of i didn't see any modern ones um that uh that stood out to me that i liked so uh but anyway i just love an asymmetric case and i just think it looks cool um and you know it has a purpose with the crown guard built into it and so that that part makes it even better and, and you know i'll say cwc uh these lamania case cwc's is maybe the obvious place that your mind goes just because of the function sort of the the soul of the watch but uh it occurred to me also that there's quite a bit of speedmaster here too uh it, it's not obvious, right? It, it's no. not obvious, but when yeah. you get into it, you know, especially when you look at it from the side, mm-hmm. right? When I yeah. when I peer at it from that from that crown side, I think, well, yeah, there's some speedy there too. There is, and if you look at how it's cut out, you know, the the part where the crown goes. I mean, if you look at the speed Speedmaster case, it, they're cut out like in a square almost. Yeah. So um, you do have a little bit of that, and it's and the Speedmaster case does that kind of crown guards that way too and it's really cool um but uh but yeah but definitely a a little bit of that in there the 24-hour track with most of my other watches and dials with the exception of the ab1405 that had a um a sandwich style Mm -hmm. um i wanted this one or a little bit more like pretty simple nothing crazy pretty straightforward and um i wanted it to be i wanted to have more depth to it you know so you know, applied indices helps with that. Um, and these indices like that, are phenomenal yeah. too. I know you know oh. that. I know you know that, but, <laughs> no. but let me say it. These indices are phenomenal. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that thing. Um, so I wanted to have different layers and the indices added one layer, but having that track and then with, a you know, that 24 hour or military time or how they tell time everywhere else in the world right. um, was. Uh, <laughs> or was just time. Some, or just time um, was. Uh, you know, something like that was, uh, that I thought about it, but I was like, man, it might be too cluttered. And I, I was, I was happy with how it came out. Yeah. Not and, too cluttered um, at all. Yeah. And so it, it added, it just kind of added that exactly I, what I was looking for. That off color secondhand is what pulls all that clutter and just pushes it down mm-hmm. in a way. And it pulls your eyes back up to the hands. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, Thanks. now you're a military guy. We're talking about military time. You, you're, you're an army guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you I, did you what like eight years in the U.S. So, Army? Yeah, I was. Uh, so I was. Um, I, I think Andrew, were you in the military? Yeah. Army. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're we're so, both uh, we're both Army guys. That's oh, nice. That's how we met. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was gonna be one of my questions. So that's you already. Oh, answered sorry it. to ruin it. <laughs> oh, a, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so I actually joined um, the Army national guard when i was 17 years old and um so yeah i joined when i was 17 i was in high school and i had planned to join active duty army um to help pay for school and um my friend my best friend said hey i'm having a recruiter come to my house 
and he's uh, he's with the Army National Guard. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I had no idea. I knew about Army Reserves, but um, I didn't know what the Army National Guard was. And anyway, so I went to his house and, uh, you know, they did the whole spiel and sold me on like the whole thing. And, and I was like, okay. And my friend, I was like, um, my dad was in the, in the Army National Guard during Vietnam. And um, anyway, and so I think I'm going to do it. And I was like, He's like, you want to do it? I was like, all right. They had yep. like a battle buddy. They had like a battle buddy program. I didn't even think about it. I just like, yeah, let's just do it. Like for RSP or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, I just like, I just did it. And um, I had to get my parents to sign off. And uh, my summer of junior year, going into my senior year, I shipped out to boot camp. Um, so I, I was in boot camp when I was 17. What year was then, that? Uh, 2000. It was in 2000. Um, okay. So that was at Fort Benning. And uh, what a and wonderful then, place to spend your summer. Yeah. Man. <laughs> well, we, you know, we've, both spent, we've both spent a summer in Fort Benning, I think. Mm-mm. No, you haven't? I've never been there. No, no what, shit. What were, what ne- were your, uh, never been there. MOSs? So I was a logistics manager. So my uh, all my technical school was in uh, Virginia. And yeah. uh, then I lived in Texas. That was where my address was. I was briefly, very briefly, a Cav Scout, an enlisted Cav Scout, and then nice. a little bit more briefly, a chemical officer, and then most of my career was as a judge advocate. Okay, yeah. Nice. So not real, yeah. not real army. I mean, oh, yeah. it was real. It's I real mean, army, but I, I was. <laughs> my job was hey, pretty you, cushy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. My boot camp was. Um, I heard stories of like you know, obviously you go through the basic training, and then you go to whatever your MOS is going to be. And, um, I heard some people like, oh yeah, you get your own room and like, you know, you get time off, you get off. It's like a nine to five. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Not infantry. No, that's a lie. It was like, <laughs> it was like a fucking boot camp for, you know, the whole time. I was like, this fucking sucks. And, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was 17 and, um, my, they split up our boot camp and MOS school. So, mm-hmm. you know, I came back, I think in like, right before I started my senior year. And then my the day of my graduation, my senior year graduation, we shipped out to finish our MOS. <laughs> so I had no, like, I think about it now, it's like, man, those two summers are like two of the best summers of your life. You know, your high school, and then you go, you, know, you got your one going be, or, uh, after college or uh, going off to college. So all the parties, graduation parties, we didn't do any of that. And we were in Fort Benning sweating our asses off and, uh, getting yelled at and stuff but um so i did that and then obviously uh 9 hit and um it was interesting because i was like all right well i'm infantry probably gonna get called i don't know and um and we ended up going to germany so i was in germany for a year and they just had us doing like security work in germany on like different uh bases and <laughs> what a, um what <laughs> yeah um and yeah, that is nine to was, five, yeah, right. Because you're not geo one no, in Germany. You're like, that was not nine to five. Oh no, that sucked. Yeah, they that did you like that. Schedule. Yeah, um, but you know, I'm 18 in Germany. Like, you found a way to make it work, making yeah. money. Uh, yeah, making some money, and uh, so that was that was awesome. Came back, started college, and then they're like, "All right, you guys are going to uh, Afghanistan," and I was like, "Oh shit! All right, we're going to go to Afghanistan." started training for it and then they canceled it and then um maybe six months later they're like yeah you're going to uh 
Fort or no Fort Polk. You're gonna go to JRTC and you're gonna be working there as uh, you know, which is a training center. <laughs> That's so the gotta... <laughs> worst place on earth. Send me to Afghanistan for nine months. Don't send me to Polk for one. You know, um, so we were there for like uh, sixteen months or something. Fuck me! And, no, you weren't. Yeah, were you? Yeah, you were up for it at JRTC? I, I was up for. Yeah, I was up for. Oh, and the, and meanwhile, the rest of the Illinois National Guard gets to go wear the awesome like abraham lincoln patch on their on their left shoulder <laughs> oh so if you're so listening I, op four means uh he was essentially a bad guy uh, role player a bad, bad guy, guy role player yeah that that's what that means so they've we've got a couple in in the the army has a couple of training sites in the country one of them's at fort Irwin, california uh which is yep. which is one of the worst places on earth the other one's at fort MTC, polk yeah. Uh, NTC, uh, JRTC is at Fort Polk uh, in yep. the swamps, which is the other. It is the worst place on uh, earth. the other worst place on the face of the earth. The yeah. worst place, yeah. um, and uh, it is definitely is. Um, but you know, I think my my mom prayed a lot, and <laughs> I didn't. I, I never had to go. Um, we when we were in Fort Polk, actually, we got they were going to go to Iraq. Uh, while we were there and then that ended up getting canceled and that happened twice actually when while we were in Fort Polk um, I got out in 2006 and um, right after I got out my unit ended up going to uh, Afghanistan so I just missed it um, and anyway so that was my military time and uh, so yeah I was a grunt and um, I, I I mean I feel lucky that I didn't have to go you know anywhere um, and you know, it was an experience that uh, I'll never forget, and I've made. I still keep in touch with a lot of my friends. So, so uh, as much as we just love sharing stories, part of the reason we want to talk to you about yeah. that is your affiliation with the Road Home Program. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if you could plug them, talk to us about them, how you got involved, what they do, and and just share this program with with us. Yeah, so um, I heard about them because they're local here. Um, but a friend of mine who was in the uh, military with me, he went to Afghanistan. He, so he was still in after we got out. And uh, he went part of that program. And that's how I learned about it. So when I was doing the Sea Ranger, I was like, all right, you know, um, it'd be cool to kind of get involved and try to do something where we can donate some, you know, a little bit of money. And, um, and that's how I learned about that program, but it's basically, it's just a program that is part of Rush University's medical, um, that they have, and it's to help veterans and their families kind of like get back that, that are dealing with PTSD and that sort of thing. Um, and because my friend told me about it and he went through, he didn't finish the program, which is another story, but, um, he, uh, he said it was a great program and he wished he would have, you know, stuck with it. Um, and, uh, and that's how I learned about it. But before that, I had no idea uh, what it was. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those programs where, um, they're doing a lot of stuff here for veterans and they're also, um, involved in some of these other, uh, events that like I was doing before, like the soldier field 10 miler that, you know, it's, they're part of that somehow. Um, so anyway, that's how that that came about and it was uh, literally through a friend that went through part of that program. And that's someone that you've worked with for what, what number of years at this point, right? No, not well, literally. I mean, very new to me last year. Okay. 
Okay. Well, yeah. it's it's yeah. fantastic. I mean, the issues there are sort of near and dear to our hearts, right? PTSD yeah. issues. and yeah. It looks like uh, they offer a pretty holistic uh, return yeah. home reintegration care for soldiers and yeah. their families, which is something that's really yeah. severely lacking for uh, reserve and National Guard forces. Yeah. Uh, there's like yeah. a, a, and I'm air quoting this really importantly, there's a reintegration period where you sit at a demob station and like, uh, Fort Lewis, Washington, or Fort Hood, Texas, and then get sent home. And they're like, hey, see you in six months. Bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I was a Yellow Ribbon attorney for for quite a while. I worked for the Yellow Ribbon, and I did okay. uh, consulting work for folks with reintegration, specific reintegration legal needs, you know. So veterans, yeah. uh, veterans, oftentimes combat veterans, um, but, but folks that are reintegrating into norm, quote-unquote normal life, uh, yeah. th- there are so many unique legal challenges. Uh, uh, some of them are are domestic issues, right? Um, yeah, people get divorced when they're deployed, and and their the ability to deal with that is different. And there's unique legal issues with um with, with um minor benefits and mm-hmm. you know beneficiary yeah. sort of qualifications, but but legal issues, right? In, in particular, um, substance abuse and violence yeah. issues. You know, a lot of times these folks are are folks that have deployed, you know, one, two, four times um, and come back and, you, you know, get into, a, into an argument with their wife. And because the way we rewire people's brains when they go into these situations, you know, the, the reactions are different. And so, Working with the courts to give, you know, to have veterans courts and to give different considerations for these folks. Uh, anyway, it was super eye opening. Uh, and so anytime I hear that folks are doing veterans work, reintegration work, I'm super excited about it. I just think it's such an important thing. Uh, and I think it touches on so many of the things that are are really important to to the country right now. So anyway, that that's yeah. I I could no, I could absolutely. obviously uh talk about it for hours, but we wanted to ask you about it. But back yeah. to watches. Yeah. Back to watches because we've got another thing we definitely want to ask you about. Sure. So so labs. Tell us about <laughs> so labs, Andrew. Yeah, um so so labs I did uh, so a close friend of mine here in Chicago who I met through watches. Um, his company that he works for every year, they do a, a, a gift for their clients. And so he said, Hey, um, you know, every year we do a gift for our clients and, um, we like to do like different things. They're like a design kind of company. And, um, do you think we could do like a watch for, you know, I was like, he's like, I'm like, Oh, what price point? Right. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Uh, he's like, uh, I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, what, what price point and when do you need them by? And anyway, two important questions out, when designing yeah. a watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, so 60 bucks, out, six months, not my, not my price point about 60 bucks, somewhere in that range. And, um, he designed it and he's like one of the most eclectic guys I've ever met in my life. Like, I mean, I went to his office, he's got, I thought I had problems like with shit. I mean, he's got I don't know, 50 clocks on his wall and like all kinds, like his furniture is super funky. I mean, just collects everything. Um, and anyway, so I was like, all right, you know, let's kind of work it out. I'm like, it's going to have to be quartz. And if you want quartz and if you want it, like, you know, I think it was like six months, which is really fast. I said, um, you're going to have to pretty much go off the shelf and we can customize colors and some of the design. But other than that, like if you want everything custom, it's going to take longer. 
Um, he wanted everything custom. We did everything custom in like eight months, which is really fast. I yeah. did 400 of them uh, for them. Packaging and everything was really cool. In the process, I was like, man, this is really cool. Like, I love this. Totally different from what I do. Um, I would never be able to design a watch like that because it's just not my style, but I love it. And I said, we should spin this off into like a different brand because this could be really fun. It could be really cool. Kind of like that's a little bit of swatchish in there. Yeah. Um, and so So Labs is the name that we came up with. So, which would be the Japanese word for layers. Part of the um, message that they gave to their clients was about the different layers and the relationship between clients and, you know, businesses and, you know, uh, honesty, respect, all this other stuff. So that's kind of where that name came from. So, um, and then the labs portion of it, it wasn't like, so watch co or anything like that. I wanted to do the labs part because I didn't want to just be pigeonholed, uh, with just watches. Mm. And, um, so just make cool stuff basically, mostly watches, but, um, we did some clocks that are an exploded version of the dial. Uh, they're really fucking cool. And um, we showed them for the first time at wind up in the fall last year. And um, it got like, it was kind of like a soft like launch. So I'm like, let's just see what these guys are going to say. Cause most of these people are watch guys, which is not who we're really trying to sell to. Like literally this watch could be from a teenager, like in eighth grade to somebody who just like something funky. Um, and uh and it like people loved it. And um, anyway, so that's where it came out. Bo, um, we're doing an automatic version of it too. So that's what Bo wanted to to know when those were going to come out. And I told him the other day that we're redoing the case. And so it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to take even longer. Um, we just got the watches in. They were delayed for a long time. We're doing QC on them. And um, it's just a, one little thing that we're, we're like, no one's going to notice, but you know, it's kind of one of those things that oh, you're going to notice. notice yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so we might have to redo it. And so we're going to take a little bit longer to get those out. But anyway, yeah, it's just a, a, a project that is making some really fun watches, fun colors. And, um, and so pre-orders on the course versions are, are open right now, right? Yeah, they're, they're open right now. We're not really obviously like announcing a lot of it, but we do have some pre-orders um and everyone's been pretty patient so it's really nice <laughs> sure. about it um and uh and so anyway we're hoping that you know it, it'll only delay for another month but we'll have an official like launch um we're probably going to do a couple of red bar zoom launch just because that's what we can do now um you know i'm going to send them over to warren and wow and i'll send some to you guys so you guys can check it out um and uh they're really cool they're just really fun and so anyway that's what that is and um so a couple clocks are like oh oh, go ahead tell me about the clocks no i was gonna say the clocks are gonna be awesome too once we figure out how to do enough fast because we made them here in chicago and uh it it, it took a long time it takes a long time well especially with something that big right (laughs) Yeah, it's actually uh, wasn't that big, but anyway, it it just painting it and stuff like that's the part that takes a long time, and I have to figure out how to make it so it doesn't get like scratched up and stuff. But um, I'll send you guys a picture of it; they're really cool, and people loved it. People loved them, and not to jump ahead, but like uh, somebody was there from uh, MoMA uh, Museum of Modern Art, and um, 
just asking me like some questions about the watch and then pulled out her card. And I was like, I think this would be really cool in our store. And I was like, oh, like, oh, oh snap. Yeah. I mean, you know, this thing is, it, is super Momo, right? So, for, so yeah. if you're sitting super at home and you're Momo, like, what yeah. the hell are these guys talking about? So first I, yeah. you, you mentioned Bo, I just clarify for the folks listening. Bo is our good friend, aggressive timing habits. Uh, just a really wonderful guy. Uh, one awesome of, guy. one of our, one of the show's close friends, one of the first people that we, we actually met IRL as, as you'd say on the internet <laughs> um you know who would listen to the show sort of reached out to us uh and 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 aggressive timing habits bo actually clued me in on so labs right because it's not obvious if i if yeah, i research yeah. andrew or if i research esther and Banks, yeah. it's not obvious that this is a side project so uh we did want to talk about it if you don't know what these watches are first there'll be a link in the show notes so go check them out but <clears throat> You can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, and please and please do. But this is sort of you use the word Andrew used the word uh, swatch, and yeah. uh, not I assume referring to the swatch group, but referring to uh, the the plastic cased swatch mm-hmm. watch, right? These very yeah. sort of colorful, artistic, flamboyant, youthful design yeah. pieces, right? And that's kind of what this is. Uh, you, you know, in fact, that was my first reaction. I was like, this is sort of a modern sort of no shit cool modern swatch absolutely and that's um that's what we wanted to do so something not so serious uh but a lot of fun and um you know while we were doing this with the quartz this quartz version of it and you know with the clear acrylic case it just looks really cool um and I was like, yeah, we got to do some you know, automatic versions for uh, all of our watch nerds uh, who nice. I think will really appreciate this. And so we're going to actually, we're, we're going to, re- we are going to do it. We're going to redo it. And it's going to be, um, we're going to make it like, not like uh, serious, but still fun. The, the mechanical version of it. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of in that Elaine Silberstein kind of feel yeah, mm-hmm, yeah you know like really fun but you're still using like you know cool mechanical stuff or whatever so that's kind of what we're going for but with a, a much lower price point what's uh, the water resistance on these because these are the this watch just makes me think of drinking white claws on a boat <laughs> totally <laughs> it's actually a five atms but yeah don't go diving with it oh that's perfect that's all i need i yeah, fall in yeah, twice you, so that's all that's it yeah. <laughs> you can get it wet that's no problem yeah i, I can puke um, on it i'll be good to go yeah yeah rinse it the, off. the mechanical versions will have um probably 20 atmosphere so you can you can oh, take that in the water and when you yeah. said you said mechanical just now but did you say automatic earlier yeah it'll be automatic yes. it will be yeah. automatic okay okay yeah. fantastic yeah. well I do That's feel like a fishing watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a good fish. It would be a good fishing watch. I, I do feel like we're in that unfortunate part of the show where I want to know more about yeah. all the all the good stuff, but we <laughs> probably need to segue uh, into into the next segment. Well, well, hang on. Before you do that, you said you had some questions for us. We ruined oh. one of them. Yes, we did ruin one of them. What what were the others that you had? For yeah, us? You, we don't want to we don't want to ruin your time. Bring, bring well, them. you know. <laughs> You didn't really ruin it, but you kind of answered it. So um, first question is just how did you, obviously now I know how you guys met um, and just your, your watch story and why you decided to do a podcast. You know, we've talked about this a couple times recently, but but we met in yep. ROTC. We mm-hmm. we met in ROTC just sort of a couple knuckleheads. I was the old guy. I was a law student in ROTC, which is pretty a- a- atypical and um, old. A- like and we old. need to really emphasize the old. The but, rest of us are like nineteen. <laughs> I was like thirty three. <laughs> I wasn't thirty three. <laughs> 
Uh, but there was a group of us, you know, just sort of there was four guys and we were sort of um, we we ran together. We were fast runners, sort of abnormally fast runners. Yeah, um, we were, you know, so we always ran together. We were in sort of, you know, every time you in the army, everybody gets separated out based on how fast they run. No oh, matter yeah. what you're yeah. doing, you could be organizing uh, uh, grid squares in a factory somewhere and you're still going to get lumped together by your running group yeah, right if you're the fastest person and you know where you're going god you're a king and so we yeah. just got sort of forced <laughs> together and then you know video games and uh debauchery and everything else and uh you know here we are uh what 12 years later basically like best that. friends so uh, yeah, and, 13, and in terms of yeah. how we get into watches, we, we I mean, we really didn't. We just sort of started a watch podcast and then people started sending us watches. And so now we're we sort of have to be into it. I just that's just so weird, though. Like, <laughs> um, you have to have there's got to be something why you picked watches. To well, do a podcast. So we're tinkerers. Right. And and oh, that's okay. kind of our yeah, thing. Okay. Is, that, it, that, yeah. All right. If If we see a thing that we can buy for fifty dollars, we're like. Yeah, that's expensive. I can, I can make that fucking thing. And a thousand dollars later, we have a lower grade product than what we could have bought for said fifty dollars. Yeah. And that's sort of our jam. So watches yeah. fit us perfectly because yeah. you can piss and moan and complain when we can't really ever make one. That's one that's always, I think, going to be out of our reach because yeah. we're not going to buy machining equipment yet mm-hmm. um but it's this thing it's this it's this piece of technology that you can yeah. nerd out about and every watch even if it uses the same movement like or, or if you look at the 5kx and the dress kx or the the skx and the dress kx it's damn near identical watch but yeah. we can nerd yeah. out about the unique differences in it and and we could go for for days and we didn't know shit about it we could just talk about how different they are or what we like or don't like and then we got down this rabbit hole of everything else you, you know and, and i yeah. sort of make a joke that we didn't know anything about watches right i mean at the time i think we thought we knew a little bit we knew a little bit about watches and, and what we know now is we knew nothing about watches mm-hmm. then and now we know a little bit a little bit yeah. right but when we have <laughs> folks like you on the show uh you know folks that you know i you didn't start a podcast and start bullshitting. You bought some 6497 movements, uh, you know, some meta movements and started fucking making watches. Like we are always every week we get knocked down a peg, you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't think that's, that's not a bad thing. I think that's a wonderful part of yeah. this process no, it's important right? for us. Yeah. Um, but you know, sort of the, the realization that we knew very little about watches when we started didn't come immediately. We didn't know that then. We know it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I like that because it's a different perspective. Like, cause then you can talk about, I want to say you can talk about watches like in um, a more honest way versus like these, you know, Houdinki heroes, I want to call them that think they know everything uh, and just we'll, kind of make it not fun for people. We'll probably but, never uh, talk about escapements. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, Which I think totally fine. But, we've gotten yeah. there before. We did a we did a quartz episode. I think actually to this day, if you haven't listened to our quartz episode, I think it's the best episode we've ever done. It's the hardest to get through, though. Maybe I, I think it's a blast. <laughs> it was honestly. fun, but goddamn, that was smarter than both of us combined. It, I, I don't know how we did it. We just like blacked out and hit stop. It's to this day I, my very very favorite episode we've ever done. So I, you know, I, I have not listened to it. I will. 
you you learn right you you learn as yeah. you go and that's and that is the hobby right that mm-hmm. is what we're doing yeah. here is is learning so we're just getting the that's best awesome. people in the industry to teach yeah. us about it that's and right. send us their <laughs> shit that's right it's free <laughs> free master classes yeah yeah that's awesome no i i um i i like that it's uh it's it's not always like people get into stuff for like the wrong reasons i feel sometimes and you can tell and um, it usually turns me off when I know that people are doing something for whatever. They just think they're, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, but, Andrew, it's super obvious, right? You run into yeah. it, I'm sure, way more often than we do. But we run into it. In the watch world, we, we run into it frequently where we, you know, someone reaches out to us or contacts us. And I can just mm-hmm. immediately tell, like, I I don't want to do this because I can tell yeah. you you're not doing the same thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You, you're, right. you know, right or wrong, better or worse, you're not approaching this thing the same way we are. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not into it. Yeah, no, I, that, which is why, and then that maybe it's bad. I don't know if people actually do this, but I never reach out to people like, hey, can you feature me kind of thing? Because I get emails all the time from people um, trying to get a free watch um, and stuff like that. And it's, you can, and even when I talk to some guys that have started their own brand, because uh, they'll try to get information from me all the time. Or I'm sure this is the same for the other guys that have been in the industry for a while. But um, if I can tell that you're like genuinely uh, into it, and not just like you think you're going to make some money, because like everyone else tells you, you know, it takes a lot of work to be able to make some money in watches. But um, it, it's one of those things where part of the industry and i think anything that gets popular you're always going to have that right there's going to be the people who are true truly care about it and then the people who are just kind of like trying to monetize uh trying to monetize it somehow and and i see it all the time on instagram people trying to make stuff and you know oh look it has a rotor on it it's going to cost you five hundred dollars like it's a keychain or something i don't know just weird stuff but um well, anyway, and, yeah. and you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to navigate that too, especially doing what we do, right? I'm still uncomfortable when I talk to a brand owner and we're talking about coming on the show. I'm still uncomfortable when I say, "Hey, you know, it makes a lot of sense for us to get hands on your pieces because it feels like I'm asking for something because we love getting in watches and playing with them. Yeah. You know, we love it. And so I get a lot of joy from that. So it feels a little selfish when I say, hey, it doesn't make sense to bring you on the show if I can't have hands-on experience with your watch. Right. And that's a real thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not that's yeah. not something I've made up, but I'm still uncomfortable with it because then it, it the conversation turns from, I want to know about you and your brand to... I want to get free shit, right? And and nobody nobody gives us watches, right? We've never received a free yeah. watch on this show, um, and, and so that's not something that happens, right? We always get the piece and then we send it back, and that's how this goes. That's that's how this industry goes. But and, I still have that level of discomfort. I don't yeah. want someone to feel like I'm just trying to. I'll I'll tell you um, because every email that I get and I get them every day, or DMs in my Instagram that uh it's just the way you word it like they always say if you send me a watch you know that can sponsor or we can work something out i know what they're asking for Mm -hmm. but if you just tell me straight up hey this is what we're doing like i don't care if you have five people listening to you or five people watching your youtube channel but if you just say tell me that hey can you would you be open to sending a watch we can do a review i'll send the watch back to you then i know that you're not trying to just get a free watch but if you and no, and not that many people do that. I've had one or two guys like actually tell me that, and which 
makes a world of a difference mm-hmm. from a brand standpoint, like that I know that you're generally just trying to do, make, you know, make your own thing work and um, you're not asking for a free watch. And I think eventually that, you know, once uh, people see that you're genuine enough that maybe somebody would give you a watch, I don't know. But um, if you just tell me like, hey, I, I just want to review it and we'll send a watch back to you when we're done. Like, I'll send you a watch. Not a problem. But, uh, you know, we've had, we've had to get more comfortable. We, we've had to get more yeah. comfortable with that, right? Because eventually we need to have people's watches if we're going to do what we do. But of course, yeah. so we, we've gotten there. But yeah, it's a tricky but that's, thing. That's been it's been a building process. I mean, yeah. look right here. We, we you know we've got a couple other brands who have we've reached out to and that that conversation has almost happened without our involvement. Yeah, like that, 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 that our introduction to the brand has been, oh yeah, no, we'll send you a couple pieces and then we'll chat. When, when do you have time? Like they should be here this day. It's a good feeling to know that people that, that we have at least some reputation where folks feel like we're, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we're coming at this from the right angle. So, well, did you have, did you have anything else that you wanted to add before we moved on, Andrew? Uh, What's your what? Oh, I just want to know what your favorite watch is right now. Ooh, this is a good one. You 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 better have one too because we're gonna come back to you, <laughs> it, it, Andrew. <laughs> do, do you have one? Do you have one ready to go? I do. Okay, my go. favorite right watch right now is a Sarb. I got one in this week. Mm-hmm. I I had a I had a review piece at the house all week, which meant that I did not wear my Sarb at all till today. In the in the time that I had I had it, so it, like. It hurt every time I'd look at my shelf because I had it out like I was going to put it on because I have right by my front door. I have my liquor shelf and that's also where I keep like my watch cue of like my work watch comes off. My like normal watch goes on and this sat on my liquor shelf all week while I was wearing a review piece when I wasn't at work. Uh, But this is my my favorite watch right now and it's because it's new and it's also because I love the Sarb. So is it okay if I answer in three parts? I mean, I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> you don't. So I, I will say, uh, and this is not, I, I, I'm not meaning to to ask his here a little bit. My favorite watch to wear right now has been the Sea Ranger. Oh, I would have uh, loved oh, to have had a Sea Ranger over the last week to have been pawing <laughs> after. But Everett's like, oh, leave them both with me so I can take pictures. Well, I thought I was going to do a review. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, y- you know, I actually do really love your NATO strap, but oh. the Sea Ranger on the bracelet. Oh, it's my uh, dude. The taper on the bracelet, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the taper on the bracelet you nailed, and I know you didn't originally have a twenty to sixteen taper, and it's then perfect. in the prototype phase, I think it was twenty to seventeen or seventeen and a half. Um, but when you got down to sixteen, I stick it on my wrist, and it's just a joy to wear. So, yeah. so it's- right now, today, out of all the watches that I have in my house, that's the one I most want to wear. Um, <clears throat> the watch I'm most excited about, the watch I'm most excited about, is the Orion Hellcat on a bracelet. Uh, and I, I don't know if you know Nick at all. Uh, Nick is a good friend of ours and just, I think one of those brains, uh, yeah. you, you know, he's just one of those guys, right? He's going to do great I, things cause he's just yeah. knows what the fuck he wants to do. Yeah. So I, I love his case on that. The case mm-hmm. on it is so good. Mm-hmm. He, he's, um, he's I, really come gone to something. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I have not uh, held one in person, but when he came out um, with uh, the diver, um, the calamity, the twenty-eight ninety-two, the calamity, like the I love the case on that one, and um, I I, follow, I don't know him, never met him, but I follow him, um, and uh, and I like what he's doing, and you know it's cool that he went to watchmaking school and all that stuff. So his, you don't find a lot of 
watchmakers that want to also have their own brand. Um, even my watchmaker that has been helping me for the last uh, four or five years, um, Paul, is also an Army veteran, actually. And he was actually, actually was also um, up for um, and, uh, he, he, I asked him, what did you get in, How did you get into, you know, watchmaking? Like I assume watchmakers love watches and it's not the case. Um, he was like, I don't know. I just wanted <laughs> they to, hate, I think Nick hates watches talking to yeah, him. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to do something like, I don't know. It was like in a pamphlet that we got after I got out of the army and there was a school like nearby. And so I just went to it and that's, that's how I got into it. And it's, it's like, to me, it's like, what like you're it's so specific you know yeah. like i want if i wanted i just went to mechanic school i don't care about cars like i just want to be a mechanic I'm, i i don't know Pay the the dudes at Vero don't wear watches it, yeah, yeah they they often don't yeah Dan, danny and chris w- w- when we were there they were both saying yeah i sometimes wear one i sometimes don't and i was yeah. like what the like f- in the shop or ever ever, ever. Right. Uh, it, you know, you Not can me. tell I can't do that. they're both into it, but you can tell they're also yeah. just sort of like it's a job now. Yeah, this is this is my profession. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I said so I would three. I said I would do three. I'll just do two and I'll and I'll kick it over to our guest. A- Andrew, uh, what's your favorite watch right now? Um, my favorite watch right now is um, I actually don't have it yet. <laughs> I've been waiting for it for a while. Uh, I, I bought a um, an Anordane, um, yeah, with the enamel dial, with the white whitish enamel dial, and uh, I just talked to them, and it should be done in about two weeks from what they tell me. Uh, but I'm like I've liked those watches for a long time. When they first came out, they were a little too small for me, uh, for my liking. Uh, but the new new model that they came out with is is bigger, and um, so I'm excited to to get that watch. But um, I keep, know, I've been thinking, you know, for watch guys, you want it tomorrow. You know, it's like oh, yeah, I want right. the watch. I want yesterday. it now. I want today shipping. I've, I've been waiting weeks for it, so it's uh, the anticipation is like. Um, but I, I yeah, I, it's such a cool watch. I love what they're doing, and I, I'm really hoping that it. Uh, doesn't disappoint which i don't think it will but you know you know we talked earlier about peloton uh not peloton mm-hmm. Pel- peloton, yeah. peloton. that's a different company peloton that's a different company uh pelton uh and sort of their dial forward thinking i think Andrew dan is doing a similar thing although yeah. doing it totally differently right yeah, but yeah really sort of dial forward design focused yeah uh, yeah I, I mean i think that that that's a super cool and interesting brand yeah, I'm I'm excited to get that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's uh, that's that's coming up uh, again. Hopefully, in two weeks, I'll have it and let you guys know what I think. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Other things, Andrew, go. So my other thing. Guess what? It's not a Netflix show. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like. Every once in a while, I do something in the kitchen that I'm like, what the fuck? Am I an idiot? Why haven't I been doing this all along? <laughs> and it this occurred to me about two weeks ago. No, so the answer is yes, I'm an idiot. Yes, yes, like, so yes. to be clear, that that that's not, not really a question. Um, <clears throat> but I do I do things in the slow cooker all the time. I do and and I do a lot of roasts in the slow cooker, because that's what people do in slow cookers for like tacos and shit. And one of the things that it's always missing is like a good charry smoked 
deliciousness that you uh-huh. get when it's on the grill. Yep. And the other day, I was like starting to pull my my roast, like it was just peeling out of the slow cooker, and I was like, "Oh, I know what I'm going to do." And I pull out a baking sheet and I lined it with foil and I shredded everything and I put it on the baking sheet and I threw it under the broiler for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal because one of the things that i don't like about things coming out of the slow cooker which is why i like the sous vide more is that they're always just too damp right mm-hmm. and coming out of the sous vide it's got the it's got the moisture that you want out of cooked meat mm-hmm. but but it's you, not wet it's not wet and then yeah. you sear it and i was like why haven't i been treating this exactly the same way so i finally threw something under the broiler and crisped the shit out of it yes. oh man i don't if you guys are not already doing this which I don't know why you wouldn't be because this is like a the, the, it's known. This is a known thing that you do apparently. <laughs> yeah. That somehow it, I it just is known, yes. I'm just getting hip to. But if you like me have been eating soggy meat out of your slow cooker without broiling it for 20 minutes, stop it. Stop doing that. Yeah. Add 20 minutes to your cook time, broil it, crisp it up, and then I've been adding and and so part 2 to it. I I have two varieties of El Yucateco hot sauce. I have the special reserve black one and I have the triple X like melt you one. So the black one is spicy, but it's also really sweet and smoky. It's like Mexican mm-hmm. spicy barbecue sauce in conjunction with that habanero triple X. Oh. Can it's can, perfect. Right. Can I up the ante here? Do me. Can I up the ante? So we do the same thing, right? Uh, I either fry or I broil out of the slow cooker, but, but, but I cool it down first. So I slow cook usually one day and then I completely cool it down. And the reason mm. I do that is because- Let all it soak back up. I get it. Yep. You, it Not congeals. There. So you get, you get the gelatin, the natural sort of gelatin sort of pulls back into the meat. Um and and congeals and so then when you when you cook it real hot that stuff sort of pulls back out and glazes it and sears it yeah if you wait you but you got to wait if you do it right away that all that gelatin just sort of evaporates off you got to really you got to let it get back into the meat my dad turned me on to post grilling marinating jury's still out on that yeah okay We'll come back Similar to it. Similar principle, but jury's still out on that. We'll come back to it. So I've got another thing. Do me. This is not a new thing. This is an old thing, but it's a thing that I've been that I've been introduced to. So much like yours, it's a thing that everybody else knows about that uh, I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is a show called Alone. Naked and Afraid. It's different. It's different than Naked and Afraid, although a good friend of mine was on Naked and Afraid. No, which yeah. one? Is Billy? He was in season one. He's He was the bodybuilder guy that oh, lost like 60 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Good friend of ours. He lived in the same, he lived in the dorms with Kim and I. Oh. Like one of our best friends in college. Uh, so uh, Alone is different than Naked and Afraid, although kind of similar, kind of similar. Uh, but if they take 10 people, they stick them out in the wilderness alone, literally alone. And and with with nothing, I think they get ten survival items, and that's you know, a lot. Uh, it, it it seems like a lot, but but you can tell they're having to make decisions, right? Some people have a bow, some people have fire starters, some people have decided I'm not going to have a fire starter. I'm going to use a drill bow to make my fires, which I think is a terrible idea. It's the worst idea when you have the option of a fire starter. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but it's so good, man. Do they have a weight limit on their ten items? Shit, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I just started this. We're like six episodes in. That's not just... <laughs> it's six episodes into season six, so there's like five other seasons that I have to find. The season six is on Netflix right now. I'm like, 
Holy shit. Oh, maybe it's on Hulu. Oh, no, it's on Netflix. I saw the title for it. I thought it was a new show. Yeah, yeah. Because it says new season or new episode or whatever it says. Season six is on Netflix and holy crap, it's been good. I'm I'm into it, man. I'm like, this is so fucking good. I want to watch every single every single season now. I was about to watch Win the Wilderness. It was like these people get dumped in Alaska to like win this Alaskan homestead. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. Yeah, that's good, too. And it's not as good. It's a lot different. That's more game showy. This is more, I don't know, raw. So, All right. Alone, season six is on Netflix. Check it. It's so fucking good. Andrew Perez, other things, go. Um, How about music? So, like I said, I, I listen to a lot of music, a little bit of everything. Um, mm-hmm. Lately, that's been playing on my um, computer or my phone is the new Strokes album. And, Ooh, um, all they right. Haven't come out with, they haven't come out with an album in a while, so... They just came out with one like last month, I think, and yeah. it's just been like spinning, spinning, uh, and it's awesome. Um, so yeah, this new Strokes album called the Abnormal, and um, it's it's great. If you like the Strokes, I mean, it's awesome. Did it's they bring like a new feel? Because it's been like ten years no. since their last album, or is it just like no, true it, to it, them? It, it, yeah, very true to them. So super melodic, which is why mm-hmm. I love them, and. Um, uh, yeah, it's really, really good. Is it uh, is it is it heavy? You know, because I, I feel like sometimes bands will come back after a hiatus, right? And they'll have yeah. lost some of that like raw drive. Yeah, which is actually interesting because some of their albums in between kind of went a little bit harder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from like their first album, but this really brought it back to the first album for me. So uh, not as hard. Um, Again, super melodic, and um, it's really, really good. And he, you know, he, Julian Casablancas just has like a really unique voice, kind of fantastic. Um, yeah, it's uh, and I, I just love everything about those guys. And, hey. I mean, I still remember the first time I saw the video, like for their you know first uh, single that came out with. It's crazy. Hey, but, have um, but have anyway. you ever heard Julian Casablancas? He did a song with Andy Samberg's band uh andy sandberg saturday night yeah. live band yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. lonely island he he yeah. did it he did a song with lonely yes. island and it's phenomenal yeah. they made a it video is, the video yeah. is pretty good but the song yeah it is it's one of my favorite songs of all time it's yeah. like ridiculous and silly and not appropriate for children as you might imagine uh what? uh <laughs> <laughs> but oh, i love shit like that it's fantastic yeah. uh his vocals on it are, are money too so well Good. We've done other things. We're, I, I mean, I think we're approaching one of our longest episodes ever, and that's a testament to uh, our fantastic. Co- I talked too much. So. No, we didn't even get to half the stuff we wanted to talk I, about. Too. We've we've got a list of shit, and we did not get to half of it. Yeah. So oh, uh, we'll probably. I know you're gonna have to come back. Hey, there could be a there could be episode two, man. Yeah. There'll be episode two. Uh, Andrew, anything else you wanna you wanna pump? Why don't you pump your website? Where we can find you? Where we can find your stuff? Yeah, so uh, my website is asterandbanks.com. Um, oh, actually, one little thing about my logo. The plus sign means and. Some people think it's just there, and they just say asterbanks. Um, but the plus <laughs> sign means and. Oh, so that's important. Yeah. Banks. yeah. Um, asterandbanks at Instagram. Um, my personal one, if you care to uh, follow along there with my personal watches that I'm typically flipping is central time 312 um that's where i have you know other stuff other than astrian banks that i'm usually you know messing around with or whatever but um but yeah that's and astrianbanks.com is my website 
fantastic fantastic check them out check out the scene rangers uh available i think still in most colors white i know white i know is a recent uh white's gone white's gone yeah which is gonna make some people sad but they had time you had your time you had your opportunity get the blue the Um, blue is the blue is awesome um yeah, and it's actually currently on a sale until Father's Day. After Father's Day, it's going to go back to the regular price of eight fifty. Um, but uh, yeah, so so not eight, a lot of uh, eight fifty is the regular yeah. price. What what can we get it? What can we get it for uh, between now and Father's Day? Six eighty. That's, that's a good discount, guys. That's a good discount. That, get yourself that's good that COVID special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, yeah. So after Father's Day, that that'll go away. But yeah. All right. Well, we really appreciate coming on the show. Thank you so much, Andrew. Do you got anything else you Thank want you to? Uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we go? No, nah, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, thank you, thank you at home for joining us for this episode of Forty and Twenty, the Watch Clicker Podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Forty and Twenty. Check us out on on the web at WatchClicker.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can check us out on Patreon.com/slash Forty and Twenty. That's where we get all the money for like hosting. I, we got a stuff costs money. White so, claw. White claw, exactly. <laughs> and that's how we do that. So if you want to support us, we really appreciate it. If not, the, the podcast is free and you know how to do this. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>